I shouldn't have noticed him. I wasn't even looking in his direction at first. I was dazzled by the sunlight reflecting off the glass buildings that lined the busy sidewalks of New York. It was only when I turned away that I saw him, though, to be fair, it wasn't him I noticed first. It was his zip-up gray fleece hoodie with the black stripe that ran down the sleeve and around the collar, and the faded fuzzy letters that said zebra stripes across his chest. I didn't think anyone but me listened to their music, let alone spent money on swag. The bookstore door stayed open behind him, though a small bell still rang when he stepped outside into the spring sunshine. He tucked a book wrapped in brown paper into the military green messenger bag hanging at his side, then shoved his hands into the pockets of his jeans. A rolling cart of bargain books hid most of his body, the tops of the titles hitting him hip-high. Tall, then, and lean. Say what you want, but I'm a photographer, so I get paid to notice details like that. Well, not yet. Amateur photographers don't get paid, but the pros do, and someday I'm going pro. Zebra stripes twisted slightly, scanning the street, and I caught a glimpse of sandy brown hair cut short and darker brown eyes. Tall, lean, and cute. He stepped back, letting an older woman walking a dog pass by, then fell into step behind her and headed into the crowd. Almost on instinct, I powered up my point-and-shoot camera and snapped off a picture before he disappeared. I reviewed it on the screen, zooming in as much as I could on the small image, hoping to see more of his face. No luck. I'd missed his face, capturing only a shoulder, a sliver of his back, his leg extended mid-stride. Still, there was something interesting about the picture, something that spoke of movement and purpose and isolation. I thought he looked oddly solitary even as the crowd had pushed in around him. I'd heard stories about the crowds of New York, and so far they were all true. Given that it was lunchtime, there were probably even more people out than usual, but since this was my first day here, it was hard to know for sure. After I'd been jostled and bumped and pushed one time too many, I finally pressed my back against the brick wall of the building behind me, feeling small and trying to stay out of the way. Thinking about lunch made my stomach rumble. Dad had promised to meet me here at 11.30 sharp for our first big date in the Big Apple, but he was already late, almost a half hour late. I sighed, wondering why I was surprised. He had warned me at breakfast that his meeting might run long, but still, we only had the one day to spend in New York, and I didn't want to spend it alone. Dad was the only family I had. It had been just the two of us for a long time now. In the beginning, Mom had been part of the family dream, but when I was eight, she must have decided she wanted to be part of someone else's dream, someone else's family. And just like that, she was gone. My cell phone sounded from where it was buried deep in my shoulder bag. The marimba music of an incoming call interrupted my thoughts. Keeping my eyes focused on where Zebra Stripe's boy had disappeared, I fished out my phone. The cars and buses and trucks sped past me like film flickering through an old-fashioned camera. They were just flashes of metal, of color. Blue, black, silver, red. I felt the energy pulse around me like a living thing. I closed my eyes, and the sound transformed from traffic to ocean inside my ear. Sarah?
My dad's voice echoed through my phone, sounding thin and metallic. Speaker phone. I hated that. Couldn't he just pick up the phone and talk to me? I opened my eyes and the fleeting moment of inside stillness slipped away like a speeding car, or like a boy with a book under his arm.